Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello. Uh, we're going to talk about films for approximately some time. What am I... Uh, during that bit there... Yeah. I never know... I can only say hello, isn't it? Isn't it? I can't believe I <laughs> That is why. Can't I? Yes. I said, isn't it? That's one of the most depressing moments in my life. I can only say hello, isn't it? What have I become? I've become the very thing I hate. Wow. That's it's, a good This is your lowest ebb. Oh, what, you think it's the start? That's the middle of a film. You become everything you hate. You bounce. You hit rock bottom, and you bounce towards the finish. That's an arc. The horrible arc. It's the great arc. It's not. It's like the arc of the covenant. It's the best arc. That's all people talk about. It's arcs, isn't it, in films? Arcs. Hmm. Our arcs. Do you... Arc. <laughs> what is the arcs of that film? I shouldn't really tell this story. It's not film-related. It's a bit mean. I went to a wedding recently, and it was lovely. It was one of the nicest weddings I've ever been to. I instinctively think it's going to be a bit racist. <laughs> it, it is slightly, but it made me giggle. Uh, that The officiator, who was... Um, it was a non-religious ceremony. But um, what made me giggle was the fact that she said, arcs instead of ask. So we're just gonna, I'm going to ask you now to... Uh, it just was quite sweet. <laughs> That's what it is, isn't it? The arcs thing. Yeah. Odd one. Um, films. The yeah. world of films. Another week, some more films. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Ask away. What f- <laughs> What films have you been to see? Uh, well, I've seen uh, Thor, colon, The Dark World. Which is Thor 2, is it? It's Thor 2, yes. Um, it was called The Dark of the World, I believe, and then they changed it because people didn't understand what that meant. When they say Thor, the Dark World, yeah. it just feels to me ominous because I think mean, it's going to go on forever. Well, it's. I think they've followed the traditional arcs of um, uh, the second film, which this is, uh, being uh, darker in in you know hue mm. tone. It's about dark elves. This one, who are traditional from Norse myth, um, from Svartalfheim, uh, which means uh, black elf home, and. Uh, Christopher Eccleston plays the uh, the leader of them. Oh. And they existed before the universe began, and they want to take it back to its form of non-existence. So it's a weird thing with Thor when they set it out, because he's from the... Uh, a space. Viking from the past. Space Viking. Well, basically the idea is they are aliens who inspired the Vikings 
and their mythology and st- Vikings were the only humans in the know about these space aliens. So the Thor films seem to be like pre-Earth creation yes. stuff, and then modern time. Yeah, they're so sort it's of going combo. back to modern time as well. Does it? No, it? It's never in the past. It's never in the past. It's just evoking all of the past because of the Viking thing. So Thor is, you know, it's like Superman in that Superman is an alien who is on Earth now, and so people think he's like a god. Oh. When are they going to stop these films? They will never, ever stop. They are only in phase two of their plan, Marvel, currently. It's only going to expand further when Guardians of the Galaxy comes out and the X-Men franchise starts spinning off new films and then they'll all collide and cascade into a huge whirlpool of uh, CGI muscly men. How many Thor films do you, do you predict they're going to be? I think they'll get their three out, of course. Then they'll remake the first one. Oh, Remakes that must be phase eight or something where they start the whole carousel again. Um, I think you know, Thor is the what the franchise I like because I like Chris Hemsworth and I like it's got a sense of humor about itself, like the Iron Man films do or tend to. Um, and the others haven't quite got right. This one is quite funny at times, isn't it? A bit lonely being a superhero from space on Earth. Well, that's why he comes back to Earth to meet up with his girlfriend, who he completely failed to visit during Avengers Assemble. What? His girlfriend, Natalie Portman, yeah. from the first film, he he is banished and uh, he goes back home and then destroys the link between Asgard um, yeah. and Earth at the end it's of the first... bridge thing, isn't the it? The Bifrost, the Rainbow Bridge, and uh, which is guarded by Idris Elba. Um, and so... The, the lovers are separated at the end of the first film. Uh, and then Avengers Assemble happens and he comes back to New York but doesn't go to see her at all. And they just have one shot where they sort of show a photo of Natalie Portman and they're so like, she's fine, by the way, but she's not in this film. And then he, he they reunited at the beginning. Did he apologise and say... He does. She slaps him. Oh, because he didn't speak yeah, to her? Yeah, because he didn't speak to her in, uh, in Avengers Assemble. He must have bought her a good present, though. No. No, he is a prince and he didn't get her anything. Um, but he took he took her through space and time to his uh, to his homeworld. It's quite nice. Took him to meet his parents actually straight afterwards. Oh, so it's a bit like what Robert De Niro and uh, Barbara Streisand. <laughs> yeah, a bit like that, <laughs> but with more blonde hair. Yeah, that'd been great if they both had beards and blonde hair. Yeah. Barbara Streisand and Robert De Niro <laughs> as Thor's parents. Yeah, carrying uh, massive spears, um, covered oh, in they're ravens. Natalie, they're Natalie Portman's parents. Uh, oh, are they? Whose parents did he take him to meet? He went he, to... to meet his parents, Renny Russo and um, Anthony Hopkins. Who are Thor's parents? Yeah. Renny Russo and Anthony Hopkins are Thor's parents. It's like Meet the Parents. Have you seen that film? Yeah. It's have they like both that. got hammers? Like she's got. Um... Uh, well, no. Odin has a spear and Frigga has um, a sort of short sword. Because she's a lady. Um, mm. But she's also sort of a, a witch. It's a bit like in the olden days when ladies had to, were expected to drink calves. Yes. It's but, still a bit like that in Hollywood films, isn't it? Where they're, so, they're slowly giving them weapons, but they're never really allowed lady, to be very good at weapons. it. Yeah, lady weapons. Rather than actually a proper sword. Yeah, a claymore or something. Something big. So then you'll know it's proper equality is taken place when the weapons are exactly the same. Yeah. Well, Lady Sif, who is in this, who's another Viking um, yeah. warrioress, she's like a proper warrior. Okay. And she's in it. Um, yeah, 
Thor's tedious friends are in it, but they're better in this film. Okay. Because uh, they were from... He had four companions in the first film who... I forget the names, it's sort of irrelevant. But he had big, boozy, jolly man with a beard. Okay. Errol Flynn. Um, Chinese man. Yeah. And woman. Yeah. And they're all in it again. But okay. they've sort of given them better scripts and costumes this time because they don't look like a bunch of rejects. Oh. It's fun, this one. It is fun. And I tell you, the art direction is something I really like. The baddies' costumes are great. Like, if it, you know, they are iconic. And if, if Hollywood wasn't churning these films out, four of them a year or whatever. More than that, 40 more like. Then, then you know, perhaps they, you, they'd be more memorable. But. Who's the bad guy in it? Uh, Christopher Eccleston as the uh, Dark Elf, whatever his name is. He seems like someone who's grumpy all the time, Eccleston, isn't he? Really? Well, we had recently the uh, Ready 50th... Ready dinner? Uh, I haven't. Uh, Doctor Who, the 50th. Yeah, people were banging on about it. But everyone was involved in it apart from Eccleston who refused. See, people... First of all, I must excuse that any noise outside we're recording my mind again. The building is still continuing for about the 18th month. So any... Odd metal. It's not us doing um, steel work. It's someone else. <laughs> That's doing. a different podcast. Yeah, which has got a lot more listeners. Far <laughs> more. Everyone loves Angle Grinders Weekly. You wouldn't think people would listen to it, but no. Some people like that. It's like a heavy metal sort of thing. People yeah, like yeah. It. Our fans are called Grinders. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of confusion with that app. It, that's what, that's how you make money. You can actually make money by doing a similar name thing. Um. There we go. There, there he is go. again. I hate them. I hate <laughs> them so much. Um, Superhe- I, When's a superhero going to be invented to deal with noise pollution? Uh, well, Captain Planet would probably have a bit of a problem with it. It would be a sideline. There was talk of a Captain Planet movie for a long time, and it's pro- it probably will happen because it is a pre-existing intellectual property. Yeah. So it's going to be mined at some point around the same time as Thundercats comes out, which I know you hate. Uh, that's still not been greenlit. Who's playing as far Panthro? As I'm aware. It's not Bruce been greenlit, Williams. but uh, Panthro. Yeah. Do you know Panthro? Apparently, um, the voice of Panthro was Bill uh, Cosby's dad in the Cosby Show. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Little little fact for you. Mm. There you go. Um, yes. No. I mean noise pollution, man. A female superhero with her own film would be nice, wouldn't it? Just to break things up a bit. Or maybe just discard the whole genre. I mean, maybe I'm we're done now. I'm not going to watch any more superhero films. Is that a promise? I might watch them. But I don't. I just don't want to talk about them. Okay. I just think it's Hollywood taking over and making these. It's like X Factor for films. It's like Simon Cowell's version of these studios. And are, are we? I, I'm even sick of talking about talk. I'm sick of moaning about talking about it. <laughs> the thing is, I wish. I wish. This one was all right because I like the Thor films and sort of I like I grew up in York and was sort of into Vikings and all of that stuff when I was younger. So I like the Viking thing. I prefer it to Iron Man. I prefer it to uh, you know most of what you know Batman is these days. You know I just I like it. But yeah, I know what you mean. They are all the same. This one's got a sense of humour, which is sort of brand new for a lot of them. You know, it's fun. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. They should be making more for that, like Ghostbusters. Great film. I went to the Ghostbusters Firehouse when I was in New York. So I should have said last week, but yeah. And what was it? Uh... It's a, it's a, it's a operational firehouse still. 
but there's um there's a sort of mural spray painted on the road outside, so you know you found the right place. Do they do tours? No, no, because they're they're working. It's good though. Um, good to see. And I walked over the bridge that's in every film that's in Central Park. But um, I was like, oh, what film? I know this from something. And then that evening on telly, Highlander came on. And it was the scene where he meets up with the other Highlander, who's the good guy, on that bridge. And I was like, there it is. It's incredible, isn't it, Matt? It is yeah. walking around a film set. It is. What's the one with the, where someone's being held hostage on, on the building with the red and white striped barbershop things? You can see that. I can't remember what it's They're like. all over the place, aren't they, though, those things? Don't they put it's them out? It's a big out? building on... I can't remember... Oh, this is, this is going to... This is not going to... I'm not even explaining it to myself, let alone any, anyone who could understand this. Somebody will out there. Someone will know what There's you mean. There's a building near a bridge where someone is being held hostage and he recognises it. It's got white and red type sort of turrets... Oh, and he's able to find out where the person is because he recognises the building? I think so, or something, I'm not sure. I don't, that doesn't going, ring a bell to me. I remember going past it and thinking, that's that thing from that thing. <laughs> that's how my brain works. <laughs> it's just depressing, isn't it? My granddad started to get dementia, it's very sad. But yeah, I think too. I have already got it, age 37. I've... That thing, where that thing. That is the sentence that I said. Oh, there's that thing, where that thing. Oh, my word. Yeah. And it's going to go downhill from here. And and you dare criticise the simplicity of superhero films. It'll be the only thing I enjoy when I get older. <laughs> He's got his hammer. The only thing I could possibly... Fo- so superheroes, there we go, you've cleared up. It's essentially a genre of people suffering from dementia. Yeah. Young, 30-year-old dementia. Because it's what my what my grandma remembers. He remembers his, his youth really, really clearly. And all his mm. relatives when he was like, you know, in his uh, 20s and 30s. But he struggles to remember the short-term stuff and the recent. It's things. frightening, isn't it? Yeah, it is really frightening. Um, That's why superhero films, everyone's going to remember them because they're associated with youth. Also, there's going to be so many of them. I mean, once Phase Three and Four are in operation for Marvel, and all the others are trying to compete by doing the same thing, Sony are really—they've re- already announced the next three Spider-Man films because they will not give it back to Marvel, and DC are gearing up to do the same with Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and all the rest. Um, and Guardians of the Galaxy and X-Men are going to have their own franchises. Film Fandango will become only talking about superheroes. Well, there's been a lot of superhero chat on this. There has this year. It's probably my fault. You like all this stuff. I do quite like it. Yeah. Although Man of Steel, as I said. Last week, incredibly boring. Yeah. Well, let's let's dr- draw a line on the Thor: The Dark World. Now, I went to see a film. Yes. A spectacular film. Oh, first of all, how many David? Thor: The Dark World. Seven. That is exactly. Oh, on IMDb, it's got seven point six, which is really high. It is high. Yeah. Yeah. That's more than the actual original. Thought. On Metacritic, it's got a really high um, user uh, score and a sort of mediocre 56 or something critics thing. So, so And is it better than the, than the first, first Thor? I think so, yeah. Okay. So there's some food for thought. Mm, thought. Thought. Uh, I went to go and see a film, um, which is a sort of French art film this film won the best film it can it's called Blue is the Warmest Colour um, 
and we've talked about before the way way back being a coming of age film yeah i didn't particularly like and simon Field talked about how he liked his comedy this is a spectacular film i think it's amazing it's amazing it's a story essentially of i've said two things i always say essentially amazing anyway this it's a story of a French girl set in France, so it's got subtitles if you like reading. I love Double, to read. If you like reading, you like the French, you're already got uh, an in. It's a girl discovering her sexuality from school and falling in love and her relationship. And it is a film about she, I think it's not a spoiler saying she's basically becomes a lesbian. But it's not about that, essentially. That doesn't matter. It's not. That is an interesting part of the, the, how you deal with being of a different sexuality. But what's great about this, it doesn't feel like it's, oh, right, this is a specifically lesbian film. Yeah. This is, uh, it is about love. It's about someone falling in love and what it's like falling in love for the first time. And uh, all the small things of talking to someone that when you have love at first sight, talking to that person, how the relationship progresses. Um, it sounds quite, on the face of it, quite boring quite middle of the roadish. it's probably the most honest film I've ever seen and if ever there's an actress that deserves an Oscar I think the lead um, I'll just get her name up is just jaw dropping what they do is because it's, it's a low budget film for all the film geeks out there it's in the sort of film geek world of interesting film cameras they filmed this like two C three hundred, which are these new small cameras that came out, and they're about ten thousand pounds. So it's incredible now that in the past ten years, people are now making films that are blockbusters on these cameras, which are just a bit beyond their professional cameras. Yeah. But they are accessible when they would have been hundred thousand pounds before. The lead's called um, she's of a Greek origin, uh, Adele Exarchopoulos. That is pronouncing correctly. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, make no bones about it. No, it's pronounced with that natural Greek hesitation yeah. in the middle. There's a lot of dot dot. Adele Exarchopoulos. Um, it's a big, her main debut film, and they shoot it in in a way. It's really interesting. They shoot it so it's a lot of close-ups. Yeah. So if someone's talking, they're showing her face and her reaction to it. So you're drawn in. And it feels quite intimate because you're in someone's face the whole time. And because her, her face is, whether it's a lack of training or, you know, the, the lack of experience of being there, her face is so honest. You get every single reaction on that face, you know, and you feel as if you really know someone. You just feel like it's someone who hasn't been trained, the way she portrays it, hasn't been trained to, to lie with their face. All this, how she's feeling... It's not necessarily the script, it's her reaction to it. Sort of heart on a sleeve kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Has she been trained, do you know? Yeah, she's, she's she been has. and stuff. But it is <laughs> so engaging to see someone dominate that camera in an honest way. It's For me, honest. that is the exclusive appeal of cinema. Yeah. When you get that from a performance. And it's always where you then get the hype machine afterwards that, you know, one performance where someone just blows people away. They make everyone else look like they're lying, you know? Well, that's what's great about this film is the whole cast. Yeah. It's, it, it just, and, and apparently there's big problems on set and they're, 
director was fell out with the cast and they shot like 750 hours of stuff wow and they were doing uh, naked scenes for days and that's a, that's a big thing I want to talk about as well there's a pornographic side to it which is we'll talk about that in a minute but um, seeing that people's faces do the, the it, everything it makes other films pay insignificance because people are acting like you watch Gravity and you watch like the way way back and it's just it's an acted film yeah this feels and you see her eat her food with her mouth open you see like when she cries snot comes just cries like a, a person cries not the tear down the middle of the eye. Yeah, yeah. Full blown. Like tr- uh, truly madly deeply where she's yeah. got snot streaming down her face. It feels quite visceral. It feels real and how people just... It, it, it makes you uh, think about how um, contrived a lot of the filming and acting is from this film. So it influences how you see other films. It's three hours long. Wow. And I didn't go for a wee once. Wow. What do you think about that? I think that's impressive. Knowing you. Yeah. I mean, you usually, first 15 minutes, you're up. I'm up at least once. Yeah. During, <laughs> I'm the guy who leaves the room when the football, the equivalent of one of those score in a football match. Yeah. It's me whenever I go to the loop. How many times have you been sat on the ball with your trousers down and you hear a cheer? I don't do those ones. <laughs> Because if I had people round, yeah. I would think I don't really want. I'd, I'd go for a thin week. walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my go toilet's to the in the middle of my lounge. Go to the pub down the road. Um, um. One of the reasons. <laughs> now, what to do? With the fact I did not have a big, uh, massive, a drink of coke before I went in. Was that for, out of respect? Because you knew you had a lot of reading to do. No, it was because uh, I went to see the Curzon Soho. It's a very nice cinema. Great cinema. The popcorn and, and coke plate. I went to see it at uh, twelve o'clock midday showing. Wasn't open. Oh. Also, I was very glad I didn't go to the toilet. We couldn't really because it was quite. It was the first showing this of this film, so it was quite full. About like forty, fifty people. Which is, I think it's quite full. Yeah. What you should know about this film, it has got scenes which is essentially hardcore pornography and really graphic, a seven minute lesbian scene to the point where it's really, really graphic. The for, point, for, so, what, for what benefit? Well, that's what I, th- I think that that is a thing that ruins the film because I, it's going to be talked of as a sex film. A lot of people, when I put on Twitter, I like this film, a lot of people wrote, oh yeah, did you keep your hands in your pockets or that stuff? You think, that's a shame, because this is Mm. a brilliant film, and some of the best scenes are the innocent scenes, and I can see why they put the sex scene in there, because it's almost like, oh right, this is how people actually make love. Yeah. So it's not like this sort of cliched thing that people are used to from watching pornography, it's a different act. But it was gratuitous, to the point where you're thinking, you're there for seven minutes, and with other people in the cinema, watching something, you think, well, this is... I get the point that you're trying to make out that making love is not uh, what kids are used to mm. or seeing on the internet. Um, and it is a really physical uh, electric between these two people. But I felt sad that everyone's going to be talking about this, this scene and these, these graphic love scenes when there are some brilliant scenes in this film. Hmm. The scene where they, they um, 
meeting the bar and seeing when the sort of relationship the problems in the relationship. There's some some of the best scenes I've seen this year, in the last couple of years, acting wise, and where I've been really moved. And you think, why did you have to put that much to take away? Because it's just a distraction. That's the worst thing about this film. My fourteen-year-old self <laughs> would not hate believe, you for saying it. Would not believe I said this. That the worst thing in the film is a seven-minute, um, really, really graphic um, scene. So if you are going to go with, don't go on a. Maybe it's not wise to go on a date. Or if you are okay, Alex Wishart, who's our ten-year-old listener, this isn't the film. is not for you. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. But um, and apparently the, the the director had them in bed for ten days, like naked doing. Christ, this. it would get boring, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it's um, and that was one of the reasons. And when what day did he turn the camera on? Yeah, <laughs> just to warm up. But that was one of the reasons I didn't go to didn't go to the loo. Yeah, because there there was like these big sex scenes, like two or three of them. You I thought can't get up to go to the loo in the middle yeah. of a sex scene. Well, I thought I can't. I was clearly going to look like I'm going out for. It, it, no, or you're offended. I think it I think could. Some it people could... did. Uh, I saw I heard the door go quite loudly after the uh, midway through the first one. So I think someone did believe because uh, it's not been. If you didn't know about it, yeah. it is. And I think now nowadays we're a lot more. I'm not saying. I never looked up anything rude on the internet, but some people may have sent me some clips of stuff. Sure, but um, now we're a lot more desensitised to it. I'm, even then, it's still is it still... is it becoming sort of that? I won't say final taboo, but the next taboo in for cinema to break that because the internet has given people access to pornography and everything, it seems something that showing sex doesn't seem to be so much of a problem. Like I've heard of quite a few film projects that yeah. are basically, it's not just people in very dim lighting, sort of uh, slowly breathing in and out with each other. It's actual. They're trying to portray it real, but yeah, is it become part of the actor's job now to you know if they take the job to to do this? Yeah, I think. I mean, for these actresses, extraordinarily brave. Yeah, to do what they were doing. It basically just, but. And I can understand that director almost saying, like, you know, with poor... Who was it? I was... Who is it? Was it? I read an article, I think it was in The Guardian or something, or something about this, how... And this is going to be... If you're listening with family or people, maybe you sort of not listen to this bit, but about, I'm going to talk about sex now. About some woman writing saying when she she had having... A single woman having sex with people under the age of 30... Mm was a completely different experience to that old, over the age of 30 because they just behave. It's Like porn. Yeah, yeah. because that's their first experiences. Where are, I mean, we're the last sort of generation where you didn't have access to any of that stuff. No, it was only, it was like a, you know, only sort of... Uh, like a mate's magazine or just... Yeah. Like, it was just I mean, I always like to put on a blue light behind me, maybe light a fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Missionary only. Yeah. And uh, and I like to fade out after four or five seconds. Of course, that's it. That <laughs> fade was... into unconsciousness. No experience of what. Whereas now it's it's, it's very different how everyone's uh, perception of it. But this, uh, uh, yeah, I think um, it's a difficult subject. I can see why he did it, 
but it's a shame he, didn't, he got he did it to the point where you think this is just gratuitous now. I I think it's such a um, a tricky one for an actor actress I should say, but probably actors as well. More will come up, but of how much the sex scenes are instrumental to the plot and the character and how much they are an artistic endeavour yes, and how much they are used as rather than part of the story part of the marketing I do think that has a big part I mean that's what put, I mean we know talking, with, we know with blockbuster now. films every single one has uh, the trailer has the shot of the girl taking her clothes off and it stops before you see anything to try and get people to come to see the rest of that scene yeah, okay. that every single action film or whatever has you know has that and I think they people just talking about them has become part of the marketing but that's not right is it <laughs> we're talking about it now we're talking that's exactly it. exactly and we should be talking about how this film is a, 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 a superbly active film and a slice of life and accurately betraying those raw emotions you get when you're feeling love and things going on with love in the first time, and that sort of desolation you can feel, and that excitement, better than I've seen in in, in any film. I think. I I, I want to go see it. I yeah. will go and see it. I think you should go. I think you go, and, but prepare yourselves for that. Uh, <laughs> bit. I can see what's relevant. I'm repeating myself now, but I, I think... It was I'm going to get a big drink beforehand. Yeah. And I'm going to try and finish it uh, in the middle of the sex scene. Yeah. So about three minutes, 30, you just hear a big... <laughs> just to break the tension in the room yeah. so everyone feels happy yeah. they're, they're watching this together and then we'll get through it. And then you get up and leave as soon as the sex scene As soon as it's over. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'll probably do a, one of those... Uh, <laughs> and then just, then just walk out. Ah, but also, uh, Leah Sadu plays the, the the love interest in it. Yeah. Um, and she ages. What's really good is she, she's she's supposed to age. It's, it's like three. The original part was the film was called like the first two years of Adele's life or something. A part chapters one or two of life yeah. of Adele. So it's over the course of an amount of time. The actress looks. She plays a schoolgirl really well, and you feel that she's older at the end of it. You convincingly. Even though it was shot within four months, you feel that someone's, and they've not done anything to her. It's just the way she moves and the way and how she her face moves, how she, she acts. I think in terms of acting, I've I've not, and even though the director's supposed to be an asshole to work for, and it's a guy called uh, Abdelatif Kashish, who's this bloke from Tunisian t- descent who's done um, uh, some other French films. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen any films. of them? I've not seen any other films. I'd be okay. interested to see them. Uh, he has directed six of the films. Got The Secret of Grain, Black Venus. Uh, yeah, a bunch of films that you might not have heard of. But I think his technique is to film as much as he can and then the edit must have been a nightmare. It's almost, almost I imagine, to break the actors down so they don't have the energy to... Put up pretense anymore. Well, there's a scene where he said they got the actors to slap each other and shout at each other, and they actually they were exhausted. Yeah. So it's and filming things again and again and again. And I read things about that. He made them well. The sex scenes he made them do ten days to do it. I think that's a bit yeah. bordering on uh, abuse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't know. You don't know what happened on set. You don't know. Don't but know. the result of it is 
I think uh, it stayed with me, even though I would only give it nine marics because of the gratuitous, because of that annoyed me. That I feel that I feel that's something that's taken away from how great. Maybe it would, maybe. was it supposed to make you feel uncomfortable, or was it? Not? No, it, it, it wasn't. Was, okay, it was in there to make you think this is what it's like, this is, or this is how two people to really feel love their each intimacy other. and yeah, the, to, right. the passion of it. But I don't. But I just think it's a reaction. There's something got. unintimate about the fact we're watching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I but don't know. There's some beautiful. There's some really lovely, lovely moments. Which I think, in uh, it, from actors of a lesser stature or less ability, wouldn't have worked. So the acting is incredible. Cool. Okay. Cool. Well, that is a glowing, glowing review. Do go and watch Blue Is Almost Color. I will. I will. Well, I've got uh, some other things. Do you want me to talk about? Well, what what else have you seen? We didn't get to talk last week about what you'd got to I, seen while during you were the away, break. I saw a lot of films. I saw The Guilt Trip with Seth Rogen and Barbara Streisand. Right, I've never heard it's of them this. going in a car. Oh, Obviously, it's on Netflix now, isn't it? It's really good. Is it? Yeah. Uh, broadcast News, a really good film on... Uh, it, not going to make for an Oscar in the late 80s. Really? Yeah. It's, um, uh, Is it not a comedy? Yeah, sort of comedy about... It feels like a precursor to sort of the West Wing. To so Aaron media, Sorkin sort of stuff. Yeah, it feels like that. That's a good thing to watch. Paranorman, very good. And one I want to talk about, I watched really recently... Uh, it's on Netflix. It's a low-budget film with seven hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars. It cost. It's called Safety Not Guaranteed. Yes, I've heard about this. Now, let me get this right. Is this the one where they put an advert in a paper to get an assistant to go back in time with them? It's based on a true story. So, in nineteen ninety-seven, this guy put an advert in the paper saying, "I need a time traveling assistant." Could be uh, you must bring your own weapon. Safety not guaranteed. So someone wrote a film I've been off of this. Um, it's really great for a look. They and this talk about film cameras. They film this in a, like it's F three low budget thing, and it shows the importance of really tight, funny script and a great cast, a really great comic performance. I know it's got Aubrey Plaza, who's from Parks and Rec, who's brilliant. She plays the lead, and she is, is she sort of plays. Sort of, well, how, what's a character in Parks and Recreation? Um, his character's called April, and she's the uh, terrible assistant to Ron Swanson. Dry, yeah, utterly, utterly dry. Yeah, that's what this film is works because they nailed the tone. The tone of the film is perfect. The character's doing stupid things, but with one hundred percent self belief yeah, in what yeah. they're doing. Um, it's got uh, Jake Johnson plays Jeff. He is you might recognise him. From, I think he plays in New Girl or something, I don't watch it. Uh, and Mark Duplass plays, um, who's in some other stuff, he's, he's, <laughs> he plays the time. It all worked before, is what it's you're just saying. Really lo fi, a lo fi, tightly plotted, funny, all the characters set up. You know, what, they've all got their own sort of mini missions in life. Yeah. And them trying to track down this time traveller, potential time traveller in, in a small town, working out whether he's just this mental guy or he's really a time traveller and romance gradually uh, sort of ensues it's a really a super lo-fi film so please track it down safety not guaranteed alright how many marics would you give that eight 
Eight. All right, that's worth it. Might watch that tonight. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's yeah. it for this week. I feel like I've talked too much. No, you've talked just the right amount. <laughs> um, uh, if you'd like to get in touch about any films you've seen recently or any of the films we've discussed or for any other reason, uh, you know, just to cry for help, then email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to engage with our other listeners in some way, then write on our Facebook wall forward slash film fandango or you can simply tweet us you lazy instant gratification people at film fandango and we do all of this for free so if you would like to donate towards film fandango's running costs then you can go to filmfandango.co.uk that's it isn't it that's it that's all that's podcast over Uh, we'll be back next week with more films keep watching the The films. films bye A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.